0: Life's like a beach. Sometimes you lay and sunbathe, like lazy days on a Sunday. Sometimes a light-hearted frolic in the sand. Sometimes you dig holes in the land. Sometimes a deep dive into the depths where beauty gets better after every breath. Sometimes afloat during shallow dips laughing salty water off your lips.
1: Welcome to the Roaming the Earth podcast. I am your host, Drea Castro, and today I am here with Omar Mo. Omar is a content marketing strategist, owns a podcast marketing agency, and is a digital nomad. He helps new and aspiring remote online entrepreneurs design their life to be a happier, healthier, and full of freedom. In 2016, he found the courage to leave the comforts of home and booked a one-way flight across the world. This was the beginning of a path that would take him across three continents in search of meaning and fulfillment. From billionaires to Buddhist monks, he learned from hundreds of successful entrepreneurs on what made their businesses and lifestyles more fulfilling. Today, using his experiences as well as lessons others have learned, he runs Nomadables, a lifestyle brand built around remote work and digital nomadism. Furthermore, Omar spends a majority of his time helping clients through his main business, Nomads Cast. Nomads Cast aims to utilize the power of podcast marketing to help businesses drive revenue and increase retention. Also, check out his podcast, The Nomadic Executive. Yay! Thank you so much for being here.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, Dre. I'm happy to be here.
1: Yes, yes. I was just on your podcast. Now it's my turn.
0: Mm -hmm. And that was a very enjoyable podcast. So if you want to learn more about Drea, your amazing host here, feel free to check it out on my show, The Nomadic Executive.
1: The Nomadic Executive. (laughs) So tell me about the excerpt you read in the very beginning. What is that from? Tell me the context of it.
0: You know, that really makes me feel some nostalgia there because I think it was about three years ago when I wrote that piece. Uh, And I love the fact that you start your show that way. I think that's so profound. Um, So I wrote that actually in the last two months that I was in Australia, which is a second country slash continent, actually, that I visited when I started traveling. And I was on a beach. It was this place called Byron Bay. And a girl that I was with at that time, we had decided to leave Sydney and just go on this road trip for like three weeks. And Byron Bay was our first destination. It's like this uh, small hippie town, right? Like really full of those camper vans. You ever see those camper vans, those Volkswagen camper vans are all the aesthetic and shit? Uh, can i curse on this oh yeah <laughs> okay. cool um so yeah full of that kind of shit like hippies people that don't shave their armpits ever um <laughs> just this really beautiful all-around place and it was like this peninsula with beaches on both sides and i remember one day it was just like around 2 p.m and uh, kind of empty because we had gone more towards uh, the beginning of winter but it's still really really hot up there And her and I were up there and there was spread out groups of people, but we were just in that one area. And I remember her just being really, really carefree and jumping into the ocean, just bouncing around while I was sitting there with this uh, right in the rain notebook, that's waterproof, just in the sand. And I was just kind of watching her play and I don't know why, but I just have this thing about beauty, whether it's a person, whether it's uh, the environment, I just love beautiful things and i was watching her play and i think just the sun shining her playing in the water and the sound of the ocean everything and i really really love the beach i'm just a beach guy Um, just all that coming together just kind of really inspired me and i can never write if i'm not inspired so that's why i'll write something but then i won't write something for another three to four weeks and then i'll write something again um but i was just really inspired at that moment and i wrote this in like five minutes and, and that's what came
1: out. It was beautiful.
0: Thank you. It was, it was absolutely it.
1: beautiful. I could see what you saw, and uh, whenever I hear a beautiful poem like that or a beautiful journal entry, uh, I can I can picture it in my head. When you, mm-hmm. you know it's good if you can picture it yourself, you know, that you're there as well.
0: Yeah, um, I, I really like the visual styles of poetry, so.
1: Yeah, I loved it. Your bio talks a little bit about being a digital nomad. Can you explain to us what a digital nomad is?
0: Sure. So a digital nomad is essentially, and it's funny because when I was actually doing this, I didn't know what the term was, but it's someone who essentially works while they travel. And the fact that it may, it's digital is because they're actually working online on a computer using the internet rather than doing some sort of in-person work like a labor job or a uh, any job out there that you can do in person, that becomes more of a back factor. And that's really the main difference, if not the only difference.
1: Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, you're a digital nomad. What made you just drop everything and go on this journey from like, I have a place where I can do my work at home and be rooted to, you know what, I'm going to drop everything and I'm going to travel the world and work from wherever.
0: It's a good question. It's funny, like, uh, I don't know if anybody can relate, but I just never felt at home anywhere when I was growing up. Like, if you look at any room I've ever lived in, period, it's never decorated. I'm that person who doesn't have anything on the walls. And if it's something that I have on my wall, it's probably from my mother and I just wanted to make her happy. So I put it up. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I never just never I think that's because honestly, because I never felt at home anywhere. You know, it's just um uh, I never wanted to feel locked down, I guess. That's really what it was. And I guess I'm a real minimalist with things that I have and things that I want. And that kind of comes with like, if I can't fit it all in a backpack, I I don't really want it to hold me down. So that's why even holding jobs growing up, like uh, no matter where I was working, if it was like an in-person job, I just hated it because I just felt like I had to commit to it. So I went through like 25 jobs. I think throughout my life at this point, I've just been from job to job because I'm so damn good at getting the interview and landing the job. And then within three to six months, I'm bored out of my fucking mind and I leave. And that keeps happening. So I, I knew there was something there and I went to college for four, four years. Amazing yet painstaking at the same time uh, because like I had to sit in classrooms and that's just not me either. I just knew I always had to do something in terms of travel. So the first time I ever heard somebody go out there and really, really travel uh, was my friend Larry. And I met him in college. And what he ended up doing was going to Australia for six months on something called a working holiday visa. And I never heard of anything like that before. I was like, what? That This actually exists? You can actually go to another country for a long period of time and just live? And he did it. He did it for six months. So I was like, okay, when I graduate, this is my goal. I'm not going to, I don't care about getting a job. I don't care about any of that. Well, I want to do the moment that I finished this degree. And I wanted to finish and not drop out because I kind of felt like I had something to prove to myself, you know, just so I can, I can make it. I can actually do it. Um, so I finished my degree and then booked that one way ticket, literally one month after I got my degree. And I just remember like standing on my, or sitting on my laptop and just feeling really nervous. I remember my hands shaking, pressing like, <laughs> The one-way ticket button. I'm like, am I really going to do one-way and no return? Am I really going to do this? But Where
1: did you go? What was the first place?
0: The first place was Nicaragua.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. It was Nicaragua, and I only did it for four months. And I, I only went there for four months before I actually left for Australia right afterwards. Wow. But, yeah, I remember feeling really nervous. And, and then I did it, and I just said, fuck it. I'm going to book it. And I booked it. And then eight months later, I was well on my way.
1: Wow. wow and how long did you stay traveling
0: just about just over two and a half years under three like uh, i came back in january this year oh yes yes. yeah so right you got got stuck
1: here you got stuck here exactly
0: that's exactly (laughs) it that's exactly it i had no plans on staying here yeah freaking covid right i i didn't even know like i hadn't planned like, I didn't know COVID was going to happen when I came back in January, right? I was super fortunate that I actually came back right before COVID started uh, because I wasn't stuck anywhere, you know? But now that I think about it, where I was stuck would have been the most optimal place to be stuck because they have no more cases anymore. They haven't had cases for nearly months. Where were you? Can you guess where that would be? Where they have no case? <laughs> Close. New Zealand. New Zealand. Not a single Oh my case. God, what is yeah. it? Yeah. What a crazy what? surprise! They haven't had a kick in do? month. I don't know, but I I I wish I kind of got stuck there now. But either way, you know, it kind of worked out. I'm grateful because I made it back home, and then I, I started this entire thing, and it's really taken off, and I, I'm loving every moment of it. You know, I wouldn't be sitting here right now in front of you on a podcast if if that never happened. So in a way, I'm I'm blessed, I'm grateful.
1: Right, and actually, for me, I started my podcast because I broke my foot during COVID, you know?
0: (laughs) It's those little circumstances in life, right? That's what really makes it.
1: I couldn't go out hiking. I couldn't go anywhere. So I was like, I guess I'll start a podcast and live vicariously
0: through other people, you know? There you go. Are you enjoying it so far?
1: Oh my God, it's amazing. I've been learning so much and creating so many meaningful relationships and Mm -hmm. getting to know people uh, is just a beautiful thing. You know, like I'm getting to know you right now and that's so cool, you know?
0: Yeah, I love it.
1: Yeah, and like I interviewed people that I know personally that I've known for years, but you never really sit down with someone and ask them these kinds of questions, you know? Like you don't really have, that you never take the time to really get personal. At least I don't, like, you know, yeah, to you this know. level of a podcast and I got to really know a few of my friends in such a way. So it's, it's really cool.
0: You know, it's funny. I honestly believe when we're younger, we're all so curious, right? We're such curious people just growing up. And that curiosity naturally translates to, to discovering more about other people. And I think as we grow older, there's some significant point that we stop diving in so deep into other people's lives and it becomes more superficial conversation and that's what feels comfortable that's what kind of keeps the jokes there and everything positive and happy you know and that's everyone's just trying to have a good time so that's that's why they keep the conversation that superficial and especially when you're in groups right like no one wants to be that person when you're you're, unless it's like a party or something you're not going to be climbing a mountain and then diving into somebody's motherhood like mother or something right like (laughs) just doesn't happen so I I feel like a podcast and maybe you can relate just kind of reopened that deep diving aspect of really understanding what makes a person tick and that curiosity that can't be satiated any other way and that's that's what a podcast does for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for me too. It's it's you get to know more about the person. You would ask questions that you just typically wouldn't want to dig deeper because you're like, okay, well, that's good enough. But a podcast, like, no, I want to know everything. I actually want to know the nooks and crannies.
0: Exactly. You know,
1: so it's it's just been such a beautiful experience uh, getting to know the people that I already know, even on a deeper level, and then getting to meet people like you and find out what makes you tick, you know, (laughs) and the commonalities that we have. Um uh, so that's that's it's just been so fun. What does travel mean to you? I want to know about what why? Why?
0: <laughs> the why behind travel.
1: What is your why to the traveling?
0: You know, I I change that answer quite often. I I really do. Um
1: Yeah, like how what does it mean for a digital nomad, you know? Like yeah. what does it mean to you?
0: it's it's funny really because like when I first started traveling even before I had ever traveled on my own in the first place for me it was such a dude reason it was just like oh yeah I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna like oh so many foreign girls oh my god it's gonna be a great time I'm gonna party my ass off it's gonna be amazing it was two halves right so that was the one half of like my really dude bro side coming out and the other half the other half was like till that point like i told you i always felt kind of lost like i never knew what the hell i wanted out of life i, I didn't know wh- what my direction was or or where i belonged uh, i knew i was good at talking to people and i enjoyed what i enjoyed that you know and i enjoyed my friendships and relationships but even with my college degree like uh, i took 4 years of that i'm never going to do anything with it besides the occasional fun fact that i can bring out about geology
1: what is your degree
0: geology <laughs> <laughs> super random right super random no.
1: i love that degree by the way i was thinking i'm like damn man, i should have been an environmental sciences or like geologist or something i love that yeah.
0: it's fun because like you can go around like when especially for you you're in mountains right so i can impress you? the hell out of you oh when, if God. you ever go hiking i can be like oh you see that rock right there it's all <laughs> sedimentary it was made through <laughs> volcanic intrusions and shit and i'll be sitting there and you just be having your mouth open like
1: I'm like, wow. Yeah, exactly. It's a lava bed. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, you exactly. lava rocks. <laughs> That's exactly it. And I love it for that. You know, I love it for that. But obviously, I wasn't going to do anything with it. Like I just, it wasn't where my passions lied. Right. So I figured like when I started traveling, it would be something, some sort of journey that i could take and kind of find myself at the end like some sort of spiritual prolific bullshit that i could find and then by the end of those three years i know exactly what i want to do and who i am let me tell you it doesn't work that way (laughs) but on the good side you do learn a lot more and it works in a weird way to the sense that you get more questions but you're more clear too Yeah, and i know that sounds super vague No,
1: no, 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 no. I I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, travel is vague, you know, it's just so many. There's so many things that you that it represents for so many different people. But I understand, you know, I get what you're putting down. I get it. Cool, cool.
0: So that's what it started, like the original reason of why I started traveling. And then I had to constantly redefine that why. Right. Because there's only so many parties you can go to before you get tired of it. Uh, there's only so much soul searching you can do before it just seems all meaningless. So I had to constantly redefine that. And at some point I think it just kind of became two things. And these two things are, are as vague as it gets, but this kind of became my Northern star for the rest of my travels. And that was getting more experiences of any kind, good or bad, just doing it. Uh, and the other one was finding beauty. In any place or anybody. And those two just really guided me. And as long as I stuck true to both of them, I was never steered wrong. And now I can honestly say, at the end of the three years that I've traveled so far, and it's not the end, it's just the beginning, but three years so far, God, I wouldn't give it up for the world.
1: No. I'm jealous. <laughs>
0: You'll get there. You're doing some insane stuff with your documentary filmmaking. Like you're going to have a hell of an experience when you actually get out there.
1: Yes, that's my that's my goal for sure. You know, I, I will. I'm telling you it's going to happen. So I'll be there with you. I'll meet up with you one day <laughs> somewhere in the world
0: audience you better hold us. you better hold her to this she's manifesting this shit
1: i'm manifesting this shit i'm going to look back on this and be like remember when i said this it happened i don't
0: know why i'm saying that word manifest so much because i think it's so much bullshit i honestly believe more in sweat (laughs) equity and like actually putting in your props you know but but i was in this room on clubhouse for like two hours and this one girl just kept speaking about manifesting and now it's kind of stuck in my head like a broken record
1: (laughs) See, she (laughs) she manifested it in your brain
0: (laughs) yeah geez that lady man i'm gonna get her (laughs) (laughs)
1: a word on clubhouse grand rising grand rising i don't know if you've heard that instead of people grand Grand rising
0: Rising. i (laughs) haven't what is it
1: in the morning times if you ever go into like a meditation or affirmation room they'll be like grand oh i need to rising. get into
0: one of those <laughs> yes.
1: yes and then you just say what your affirmation is so I, and you hear other people's affirmation and the common word that i keep hearing every day is grand rising which means good morning but it's a grand sounds, rising
0: it sounds like some astrological bullshit i <laughs>
1: know no. i was like oh i'm going to start saying that that's so weird
0: interesting i mean whatever we need to do to fit into the clubhouse lingo I know. I know.
1: exactly <laughs> that's hilarious (laughs) (laughs) did you to go back to your travels did you have any fears at all when you like
0: fears started
1: like what was you do you have any fears when you you pressed click i'm going to nicaragua did you were you scared
0: i was nervous and i think it was more of an exciting nervousness right you know like kind of like i'm doing i'm doing this wow i'm really doing this like my entire life is going to flip upside down i'm doing this that kind of excitement you know and it was that's what i would consider nervousness you know like whenever you have those heart palpitations and just like but it felt like excitement in a weird way
1: did you go by yourself
0: i did yeah
1: oh my god
0: (sighs) (laughs) Uh, it, it was it was weird though because like when you land in a new place the first thought that comes into your mind is like, damn, I don't know a single soul here, you know, and coming from someone who's, who knows people and likes to know people, it's weird. And you land there and it's hot and you're like, there's no one I can call here. I, I just know the next place that I'm going, it's a hostel. I've never been to a hostel before. What is it going to be like? I mean, you have all these questions running in your mind, you know, and it's just am I even going to like this? Like, am I going to enjoy this? Like, did I make the right choice? It, a little bit, little bits of questioning yourself kind of come in there, you know? Um, and, and I think when it comes to fear, really, I think my biggest fear, the moment that I actually pressed that, that book now button was my, was and weird, but never seeing my parents again. I mean, our parents are never going to, my parents aren't going to be around forever, you know? Yeah. And it, it was like, they're old and I know I'm going to be gone for a while because i said at least two years is what I committed to myself. Wow. Um, so by the time I come back are my parents still going to be there, you know, like, am I going to, what am I going to miss? Um, what, what am I going to miss with friends, with family, you know? And, and I did, I missed a lot. I did because, and this is going to get a little bit deeper and I haven't really told. It's
1: fine. Yet, so no. it's okay.
0: Um, the and it's it's sad almost, but the first thing, like when I came back home, uh, I, I family, everyone, like, hey, so miss everybody, blah blah blah. My sister, she's twenty three, or she's turning twenty three next month, and um, she had grown up. You know, it's like three years I, I'd miss of her life from like pretty much twenty to twenty three. And in that time, she had gradu- graduated college, gotten her first corporate job, had boyfriends, had so much going on. And I, her and I had a conversation the first time that I came back. I was still in super Australia or New Zealand mode. So I was like flip flops and shorts for some reason, <laughs> even, though, even though it was kind of cold. Um, but I remember going to that coffee shop with my sister and just conversing with her. And she told me straight up, I resent you for leaving that long out of my life. And that I I had to just grow up like that. And I always looked up to you and you weren't there, you know, and that really, really hit me because my sister's practically my best friend even now, you know, and, and the fact that I wasn't there for her, you know, it, it really hurt. So like, it, it also made me go a bit out of my way all the time out to spend time with my sister and make sure I'm there for her. And it's gotten a relationship closer to now, but it, it really makes you think like what the trade-off is whenever you do travel.
1: Wow. Yeah. I've never heard anyone kind of talk about it in that way, but you're absolutely right. And that's actually one of the fears that I have. Like, I think that's kind of what it, what kept me rooted here because I, you know, it's that fear of not having the relationships that you have now or, or not being there. Um, but you know what? I, I feel like it just forces you to work harder on that relationship regardless of the distance right so like 100 you know?
0: it's funny yeah, because yeah. like when i came back i had my parents relationships and, I, and my relationship with my parents has been stronger than it's ever been in my life right. yeah um, and i finally feel like i'm able to tell them anything you know um and my sister and i were closer than we've ever been um so That's yeah like, I mean. yeah so it really does you're right
1: yeah, because then you end up valuing those relationships even more. It's like absence makes the heart grow fonder, you know, and that is so true when you travel because you just miss everyone so much. Like I don't travel. I ha- I mean, I I've traveled, um, but I've n- I've certainly not traveled the way you have where you were gone for long periods of time. And I can't imagine how much i would miss people i guess in the way that coronavirus like i miss a bunch of people maybe that's you know it's that same kind of this past year has been all about valuing relationships we we want to connect more with people because we have a lack of connection so
0: it's, yeah. it's a trade-off it's it's like growth on one hand yeah and on the other hand it's relationships and yeah. it's sad and it I mean, Zoom and stuff makes it easier now, you know, like to be able to catch up and whatnot. It's not like the the fifties where you can even see them for three years, but um, still it's, you can't really build that relationship over Zoom. Right. So it's, it really is a trade-off it's growth or your relationships with people. And I think growth was just that perfect time for me because I never felt like I fit in anywhere anyways, you know, And, and only good came out of it at the end. I mean, relationships are stronger and I so
1: exactly and that's what I mean like yes you have that lack but then when you come back home you're just like all right let me let me like foster this relationship let me work harder let me check in on people because you realize that those relationships are
0: important that hole gets that gaping hole that's created whenever you travel that absence gets filled with love and even more love than before when you come back
1: I love that what are some of the other challenges that you faced while you were doing what you were doing? And how did you mitigate those challenges?
0: I think I'll start with a funny one here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in the first six months of me landing in Australia, everyone there is a, a party animal. Like that's just Aussies for you. Yes. They all drink massively. Like They just constantly are drunk. Uh, and they drink this <laughs> thing called goon, which is essentially boxed wine but the cheapest kind, and they'll give you the worst hangovers in the world, but it's just a backpacker thing to do. Uh, so they'll bring massive boxes of goon every single night, and we're talking like six to seven days a week here, not just one day a week, two days a week, six to seven days a week, you're just constantly getting drunk. So my my first six months in Australia were pretty damn blurry. Um, And I gained weight, like I gained like th- 25 pounds I think in the first six months.
1: No, you did not. <laughs>
0: I gained like 25 pounds in those first six months. And I mean, I've lost it all obviously now, but I, was, I got heavy in those first six months. And I, at one point, I just remember looking at myself like, damn, bro, like you got big. What are you, you going to do about it now? Like, what's going to happen? And, and I realized at that moment, I was in a different city in Australia. But at that moment, I was like, all right, bro, it's time to hit the gym. So I, I literally the next week, I booked a one-way ticket down to Sydney. And, and i joined a gym literally the same week and and i started eating healthy for the next 2 to 3 months to cut all that weight back down and i was in the gym every single day in sydney that that's what i did like i was forcing <laughs> to, to eat like salads and shit didn't drink i drank maybe once that entire 3 months and just like went <laughs> like back down but that was the first significant challenge i think i dealt with or dealt you're with like,
1: you're like no more <laughs> drinking no <Yep>. more
0: <laughs> it was tense man it was tense they there are animals out there, I'll tell you right now.
1: <laughs> that is so funny. Holy moly. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was it was good. Moving on to like other challenges. So that was my first significant challenge, I guess you could say, in a funny way. It is <laughs> there were moments that I broke bones. What? Yeah, so there's a couple moments. So I think that's that's my second set of challenges here. While I was in Australia, and don't do this, please, God, if you're listening to this, don't do this. Please get insurance if you're going to travel. There's travel insurance out there, and it's there for a reason. Get travel insurance. I didn't have travel insurance. And during my time in Australia, uh, this was was about the one-year mark, I guess, down the road, or a year and a half that I've been traveling. I broke two fingers. (laughs) I broke the side of my foot like a hairline fracture. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah, I I broke my nose. Um, (laughs) And yeah, so those three I broke. And all I really could do was keep my fingers straight and wrap some tape around them. I didn't want to pay like a boatload of money to go to the doctor. And with my foot, someone let me borrow some crutches. So I I walked around in crutches for like five days. And I just slowly started walking on it again. And with my nose, it's still broken, as you can see. So that, that's what happened to me in Australia. That was my second set of challenges. So I have to work around that.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> so, so the tip was get insurance. That's how get you Get
0: insurance. Learned. Get travel insurance. That's, that's a massive, massive tip. Oh and it's not expensive. God. It's cheap. So to do it.
1: <laughs> so what's the most valuable thing that you learned?
0: Most valuable thing stop trying to find meaning out of everything and just kind of not take life so seriously. Let's just, it's a game and enjoy every moment, be present because you really just have the now you don't have tomorrow. You don't have yesterday. You are just living now, right now at this very moment, that's all that matters. Um, so be present in that sense. And, um, not everything has to have a profound meaning. Everything can just kind of be, You know, just take it as it comes. That's really the second lesson I learned.
1: I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I like that lesson. That's a pretty good lesson.
0: Yeah, good. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Who's like the most meaningful person that you've met? That one's
0: easy. Uh, So the, the same girl while actually writing this that I was traveling with, I actually ended up inviting her to New Zealand. And then we ended up and that was within like a month of us knowing each other. Uh, And we ended up spending the entire year in New Zealand together in a camper van seven months out of that year. Wow. Yeah. And so that, that would easily be the most meaningful time. I mean, there was definitely some amazing, incredible, and if anyone of you are listening to this right now, I really mean it. Like there are some amazing, incredible women that I I met throughout my travels, but the one that kind of rises above them all was the one that I spent the most time with and did the most insane things with. And that was that last girl. And we're still on great terms. I met her after a year and a half. Okay.
1: Okay. Very, very beginning.
0: Yeah. So that last, my visa was just running out in Australia and hers had just ran out and uh, it was just super spontaneous, I guess. And I was just (laughs) like, we had only known each other for like two or three weeks and then, um, we, we kept talking while I was still there and she went to go uh, to American Samoa, some random Island to go become an au pair for like a month, but we kept talking and then she came back and we took this random trip for like three weeks. And then we decided, you know what, we can live together uh, pretty well. So come to New Zealand with me. I think it'd be fun. And it just happened. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Super spontaneous, but I think uh, definitely a very, very rewarding experience.
1: What did you learn the most from that experience?
0: You know, her and I had our ups and downs, like any relationship, right? And I think it was made more intense for the fact that when you're traveling with somebody, you're with them constantly, twenty four seven. So I learned a lot. I did. Uh, I gained a lot of empathy. That was one thing that really stood out for me. I gained a lot. Of empathy. And I realized how much I had hurt people um, without meaning to in the past, without realizing that I did. And she helped me gain that empathy in a very intense way. And uh, drugs, there was a moment where we took some shrooms too. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, so, and, and that kind of helped with it too, at one point. Shrooms are great. <laughs> they are. Um, but it's, out of that entire experience, empathy was a massive thing. And I don't know how to pinpoint exactly what other lessons to put out but
1: I mean that's a pretty big lesson. Emp- empathy is like a big lesson the lesson yeah. if not I've the never lesson. been that
0: empathetic in my life I think that's that's what really came out of it when I came back home I could just sense that sort of empathy just cr- like flowing through it. my veins yeah it was just there and I was it was just like this connection in a way you know um, and and it, it changed my entire outlook of everything and to think that it took a person to give that to me you know, or to be able to learn that from somebody, it just made me into a better guy, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's what I think was so significant about it. And now when I'm back home, I can just see that in every interaction, every person I talk to that empathy just flows through and, and it comes to a point where I genuinely care about people, you know, and I genuinely, genuinely want the best for people. And it's because she was always so, generous with herself like she was always so giving of herself completely to people without expecting anything in return just um going out of her way to do the most absurd things for people <laughs> uh, and it's in my head I'm always thinking like why the hell would you do that for them you barely know them you know but in a way it was because she's so profoundly empathetic and that really rubbed off on me in an indirect way and and, and uh, yeah let, let's say that's it changed the biggest your life. Life. It did yeah. in a great way and I'm happy for it
1: I love that. Do you have uh, a favorite or most fulfilling moment when you've traveled?
0: Most fulfilling moment. You know, we were talking about this on my podcast that one moment where you can kind of just. Yep. Moments that come rarely and they don't always come, they're not always there, but that one moment where you can kind of escape from your head completely and you just feel feel pure bliss, Mm -hmm. um, where nothing else really matters, everything else melts away. And I I can definitely think of a few moments like that, but one that really, really stands out, uh, I'm really weird this way that whenever I go to a place, I like finding like my happy place in the city or wherever I am. And I'll keep visiting that happy place by myself. Or sometimes I'll bring people along with me for the ride. And a lot of the times I'll go by myself simply because I can just sit there for hours and write, read or whatever I feel like doing. Right. So. For me, in Sydney, there's this place, it's called Macquarie's Chair. And, right, it's like a little peninsula kind of thing that kind of s- slopes up. And you can go right to the end and kind of put your legs over the rocks. And from that view, you can see the the bridge, the opera house, all the boats, the ocean, um, the lights, everything, right? And, and there's this mixture of smells that come to you, like f- food trucks on the right, um, (laughs) smog, like pollution in the air, um, the smell of salty ocean water, and just like everything that comes together in this one mismatched, but really perfectly well calibrated way. And I, I just, those moments, I remember sitting there one day with this exact book and watching the sunset perfectly right behind the Sydney opera house and writing and just enjoying that moment of stillness and peace, That that that's the one moment that I, that really always stands out for me. And that's why Sydney will always be my favorite city in the entire world. At least at this point, I say.
1: <laughs> that's funny, cause that's my next question. What's your favorite place that you've been to?
0: <laughs> Sydney so far, without a doubt. And it just has everything you need, right? And it has mountains. Blue mountains are right at the outskirts of Sydney incredible there's kangaroos everywhere there's a beach one of my favorite beaches in the world bondi beach is right there my Uh, best
1: friend lives right there (laughs) that's amazing
0: that's such an incredible place there's like a bougie beach called manly beach where everyone goes uh there there's culture there's food there's like different types of little places in the city that just so significantly different than everything else like little villages um Beach towns, like it just has everything you want from a city, like a very junky place with just like really trashy bars. Like every city needs one of those. It just has everything (laughs) you want. Yeah. And that's what I love about it.
1: So, what are your tips and tricks for visiting Sydney?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So, tips and tricks, as in like the secret spots.
1: I mean, whatever you want, anything you want to share with others.
0: Cool. So depending on the kind of person you are, I'm going to lay out a different set of plans that you can go for, okay? If you love a good party, go down to Revolver. Keep that place in mind. And that place will never shut down. (laughs) And go down to King's Cross, which is an area in Sydney just full of really trashy Irish bars and shit where all the backpackers go. It's only travelers that end up there. So whenever you go there, you'll always see people from like, 15 to 20, 30, 40 different countries. It's never locals that go there uh, in that area. Um, and you, you might find yourself doing karaoke or something else and you just be with a random, <laughs> randomest countries with the randomest accents. It's super cool. So if you love a good party, go that way. If you love the beach, go move to Bondi Beach. And every hostel along that area has surfboards for rental and there's surf lessons that you can take along the beach. There's like always five surf instructors at the beach and the waves are incredible. They're massive. Some days you can take lessons, you can go surfing. There's dive suits for rentals. Um, so much you can do along the beach there. So live there. Definitely. If you're into that, if you're into more quaint and quiet places, Uh, something with a little bit of atmosphere, but a really homely feel with like nice mom and pop shop restaurants, go to the (laughs) village. It's really great place for that, just that atmosphere. And the friends that you'll make in that area will always be really close and you keep seeing them all the time. And it just, for some reason, makes friendships a lot tighter because you always Mm -hmm. feel like a family in that environment. Wow. Yeah. Um, If you like kind of out there, bougie, wealthy but at the same time weird places go to manly beach and stay around there all like the instagram models all the influencers all the all the actors chris hemsworth you'll see him once in a while if you're lucky Um, they all end up here go to manly beach Um, they'll do random things like uh, bike rides with lights along the bikes and (laughs) they'll have like 40 bikes just coming out of nowhere just riding around the beach and stuff they always have like these wacky weird things around there it's really really cool Um, and finally make sure no matter what, at one point in your life, go to Sydney in October, because they have a lights festival that lasts all month and the entire city gets lit up from head to toe, parks, uh, museums, indoors, outdoors, everything gets lit up for an entire month and you can just go and adventure in all these sick places. And I took video, a bunch of video and I put up a video up on YouTube as well. It's called City of Lights. It might be hard to find, but it's up there.
1: I want to see it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll send you a link later. It's super cool. It's one of the first videos that I made, um, but the entire city gets lit up for an entire month. So check wow. that out for sure.
1: I've never been to Sydney yet, even though one of my best friends lives in Sydney mm. and she's been wanting me to go. But now I have all these like little tips. So that's really nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you'll love it there. I think you'll enjoy it.
1: Awesome. Okay, cool. This is an interesting question. Have you ever had a dangerous thing happen to you or an exciting thing happen to you while traveling?
0: I can tell you dangerous for sure, right off the top of my head. I love it. Yeah. And probably to date, I would say probably the scariest moment of my life.
1: What happened?
0: So um, disclaimer right here, I am a shitty swimmer. I am probably one of the worst swimmers in the world. I just sink right away and it's kind of funny because I love the beach.
1: I know Um, I was about to say I'm like you just talked about
0: I love the beach, but I suck at swimming. I can swim, but I'm just a shitty swimmer. And I'm slowly learning for sure because I want to get into (laughs) scuba diving very soon. Oh God. But that's gonna be the first thing to learn on my list, to learn how to properly swim. First three months in Australia, I was in Melbourne. I think it was actually the first three weeks that I was in Australia, but I was in this hostel for the first three months. And there was a group of guys that I became friends with. It's pretty diverse array of guys. Like one English guy just tatted up was a drug dealer back home has like a famous dad who has been in prison for ages, like real hard ass. And the other guy was like this Arab dude who was just really fun to be around. And it's a really diverse group of guys. (laughs) And uh, we all decided to go to a Lake in Melbourne. It was about, maybe about two hour drive from where we were. And I was like, awesome. You know, I just bought my camera with me and I had my drone and everything. And I'm like, this is going to be real fun. So we get to the lake and everyone's like, okay, let's, let's chill out. And one of the guys, a hard ass, uh, I love this guy, by the way, he's one of my favorite people that I've met traveling. He decided to go jump in the lake and swim. Right. And there was like a cliff slash waterfall on the other side of the lake. And the cliff itself was maybe about 60 feet high.
1: Oh my God. And, it's and the, that,
0: yeah, it's high. But the idea was we had seen these kids do it right before we actually decided to do this ourselves was scale up the wall and then jump off the, the cliff slash waterfall doing a front flip right now. The lake itself is maybe about a mile swim from one side to the other. So it's a pretty hefty swim to even get there. Uh, so he, he jumped in the water, got all the way to the other side. And, and then I jumped in the water and I got to the other side because none of the other boys wanted to do it. Pussies. <laughs> um, but, but I got to the other side and got, got, started scaling the wall and it started raining heavy, like very, very heavy. And there's no way that you could climb the wall because at that point it's a vertical climb and the rocks oh are just God. super slippery. You don't want to risk that. Right. So we both decided to turn around. We're at the end there. We both decided to turn around. And at that point I'm extremely out of breath. Cause like I said, I'm a shitty swimmer. And I was super fit at that point too, so I was surprised. That's why I thought in my head I could make it, you know. Yeah. So I was out of breath when I got to the other side, and uh, my friend starts swimming back first, and I'm like, "Cool, yeah, just give me a minute, I'll catch up," you know. And I'm catching my breath there, kind of holding off to the to the cliff side. And after about like maybe three or four minutes, uh, I'm just like, you know what, now or never, fuck it, let's just get back to the other side, and wow. I start swimming back. I keep going and I keep going and about halfway mark, I realize like I'm running out of breath. Like this is getting tougher oh and tougher. Yeah. So and I keep swimming and I get to the three fourths mark. And when I get there, I realize that's it. I can't, I can't swim anymore. So I do the natural thing that anyone would do in that situation. And it's kind of float on my back, just trying yep. to hold my breath. But I realized I was so oxygen starved at that point that I couldn't hold the breath to actually float on the water.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: So I started going under, started going under. And I'm so happy that I was going under at that three-fourths point. But I start like I was waving at my friend at the shore saying, hey, I'm drowning. I'm drowning, or at least trying ah. to say it. But I wasn't able to breathe or anything. And my friend's like, oh, he starts waving back at me like I'm <laughs> saying hello to him. <laughs> No, you didn't know I was drowning. You thought I was saying hello to him. So I was waving yeah. at him like this. And he's like, like hey, bro, yeah, yeah, hey
1: man, you already yeah, did that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and he's looking around to everybody. He's like, hey, bro. He's like, he's saying hello. So everybody say wave back. And then <laughs> I somehow managed to squeak out, I'm drowning, right? And my friend, he realizes all of a sudden it clicks. And he's like, oh, shit, he's drowning. So my oh, friend my jumps God. in, the Arab guy, and he like just jumps in, gets to three fourths and starts dragging me back to the shore like this. <sighs> And finally, finally, after what felt like a fucking lifetime, I made it to shore and I was just in pure shock. Like I was breathing oh. so heavy, like deep gulping breaths for like the next 30 minutes. Oh um, my god! Yeah. And, and it started raining heavy. So we all decided to go back. But I just remember like in the car, just breathing still heavy as shit, you know, And eventually like the joint came around and they passed it to me. I, I had to be mentally relaxed, you know, but. That that was probably the most dangerous moment that I've been in Australia.
1: That was like your near death experience.
0: That was my near death experience. I don't like to put it that way because like I, I feel like people have had, definitely had some crazier near death experiences, and mine was my own fault. But <laughs> you know, instead of like nature or, or life intervening, it was just my dumbass trying to swim and acting ballsy, trying to swim back to the other side. Uh, but yeah, you could call it that near-death
1: experience. Damn. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're alive.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. Trust he, me.
1: <laughs> your friends like, "Hey, man, you already waved at me. Like, why are you waving <laughs> again?" I'm like, yes.
0: hey. uh, it was so ridiculous. I couldn't. I was trying to laugh when I got to shore. Just tell you, bro, I was waving at you. I was trying to laugh, but I was breathing so heavy, I couldn't even <laughs> laugh. But it was a funny laugh that we had later on that day. It was, it was good.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so to go back to your digital nomad life (laughs) my next question is how do you do what you do what if there's somebody okay there's going to be somebody out there that's listening to this and they're thinking about becoming a digital nomad what are some tips and tricks that you have for those who want to do what you want to do
0: so i'll start off a bit broad here and then get more specific Um, Mm -hmm. broad enough is just get started i mean there's a wealth of information out there online Uh, Your first two bets are literally just signing up for gigs on fiverr.com and upwork.com. Just sign up there and just get the process down of actually making a buck online. And those are the two easiest ways to get started. Just find out whatever skills you can give, right? Whatever you're good at or even decent at or even have a speck of an idea about and are just willing to learn more about and just put up a gig on both of those websites, Sooner or later, someone will reach out to you and say, Hey, I need your services. Don't overprice yourself, underprice yourself at first. Right. Kind of the same way that you started with Craigslist. Yep. Yep. Um, And then from there, you'll have people reach out to you and you do a few, a bit of freelancing work. You'll learn more about the online world, how to make money, what's good, what you're good at, how to sell yourself, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. From there, your key points should be trying to learn income skills, high income skills that you can use online. And that can be things like videography, editing, copywriting, funnels, social media. I mean, it can be anything that's online that you can learn and convert to money. So once you find that one niche for yourself that you feel like you're really, really good at and try to definitely align it with something that you're passionate about already. So for example, if you're passionate about peanut butter, Uh, Learn how to grow peanut butter, Instagram accounts, right? So just something as random as that (laughs) start off that way and, and grow. And once you figure out that kind of niche that you can fit in, scale out and create your own business around it. And and that's when systems and processes come into place. And the biggest uh, advice that I can give you for that is just find a mentor. Right now, clubhouse is the app. If you want to find a mentor, just get on there and there's bound to be somebody that That'll help you out. Um, But just look for a mentor, take a few courses. And now there's courses where they do like office hours where you can actually talk to the person who made the course like one hour a week or something. And those are much better than just taking a boring course with that that access. But if you really want to speed that process up, find a mentor that will really teach you everything they know and really speed that process up for you. And in, in a matter of time, you'll soon be making money online yourself. Simple as that
1: it's so funny because clubhouse i was talking to you about it earlier how much i love it so much i actually moderated a room about mentorship
0: awesome <laughs> there you go look at that you're perfect
1: right because it's so important to have a mentor in whatever field that you're trying to do and and how to find a mentor and what are you looking for and those kind of tips and tricks on you know aligning yourself with that person that's going to kind of boost you up because i wish i had a mentor i did it all myself you know it would have sped up the process here so oh, um but i highly recommend that as well and those are wonderful tips those are wonderful tips awesome um where are you going to next
0: i love this question <laughs> <laughs> um i have a couple places in mind uh, and and but it's kind of slowly shifted because I have this online business now and I want to be in the same time zone as my clients while I scale until it becomes super automated and much more hands-off. I want to be in the same time zone. So my plan is, and this is even changing now that I actually found out. So I backstory here. I met this German guy in Australia who him and I just really, really clicked. I don't know why he's like this tall fucking ostrich looking guy if you're listening to this daniel i love you um he's just this really tall model dude like really good looking guy um and but so awkward in a way and that's what i love about him and him and i get along so well for that reason i don't know why but we just did we clicked and because of that we ended up traveling australia together for uh, three to six months i mean there were moments i kind of left he kind of left but we were always in the same hostel you know, we always made sure we were in the same place of living. You know, there'd be some days that I wouldn't even see him. I wouldn't see him for like five or six days at a time sometimes, just because we were doing our own things. But we always knew where to find each other, and that wow. was the way we kind of traveled together. You know, um, so that's like guy, your
1: brother for another from another mother. <laughs>
0: exactly, it was super sick that way. It was super cool. And, and even after like when I came back home this year, we kept in contact. We always Facetime every two months or so. Um, so now. I'm finding out that he, that there's a high possibility that he's going to be moving to Austin for a, a broad program for his school. And he's going to be there for six months. So my goal is if he does end up getting accepted that program by June, I'll be out in Austin for six months till the end of 2021. And then from there, depending on how automated my business is, one of these three places, Bali, Barbados, or Mexico. I don't know where in Mexico yet, but one of those few places.
1: Ooh, very good choices for all. That's awesome.
0: You can tell I like the tropical places. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you do. (laughs) You do. I mean, tropical places are the best. You know, they're just comfortable.
0: (laughs) Comfortable and not cold.
1: Yeah. I tend that's to go to 65 LA cold. Right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to go to like mountainous, cold places that are uncomfortable. Like I don't know why, like, but I should like I feel better when I'm in islandy places. Like I shouldn't do those, you know.
0: <laughs> I feel like we could learn a lot from each other about that, you know, because I want to that's one of the reasons why I picked Mexico on my list is because there's a lot of mountainous places there oh, yeah. that I'd like to visit. And I think it's like beginner level mountainous, right? It's not like the Himalayas or anything crazy. It's just like uh, small climbs, and I want to kind of get adjusted to that. And I-, I love mountains normally because I come from a geology degree, obviously. Yeah. And all we would do is scale mountains all day for eight hours at a time at some points.
1: Maybe that's why you go to tropical islands now. Exactly. You're-
0: <laughs> that's exactly why I took the opposite pivot. I love mountains. Don't get me wrong. I love nature. Period. But. Uh, My entire four years, we went on so many geology trips to so many different mountainous places that I've seen all the beautiful mountains already in America. Right. Um, So so for me now, it's just like tropical places for now because I've never lived on an island before besides Australia and New Zealand, but they're massive.
1: All right. So we're almost done, but I have two more questions. Sure. What's the one interesting item that you take with you when you travel? (laughs) Not the obvious, like a passport or like a cell phone. Mm -hmm.
0: I know. I already have the answer for this. And it kind of goes to my geology degree. I I do this really nerdy thing where I like collecting rocks from places that I go to. Nice. And it's really dumb because already you're carrying this backpack that has your entire life in it. And you're supposed to go through airports under a certain weight. But I refuse to let go of the rocks that I collect.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I used to collect rocks. As really? well, people like rocks so silly, and then I was like, "This is silly. Like, where am I putting in these rocks?" You know. So uh, I I'm don't have anymore. Like
0: an moment and say, "Let's share rock collection." I
1: know. rock collection. That's so funny. I totally get your nerdy, your nerdy <laughs> side with the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, last question. We talked about some advice earlier, but is there a piece of life advice that you can give to a younger you?
0: Oof. I've never been asked that question before. Damn. I, okay. I love that question. <laughs> I've never been asked that before. I've heard other people have been asked that question, but I've just never thought about it for myself. Yeah. Everything's going to be all right. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't fret. Stop worrying. Stop stressing. Everything's going to be fine. But just keep doing you.
1: <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a good reminder sometimes when you're like, you know, thinking that everything's like going crazy or sometimes the anxiety, you know, just to provide yourself. No, nah, it's going to be fine. You're exactly fine. you yeah. fine. Everything's going to be
0: fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. just keep doing you and, and, you know, without getting too sciencey and stuff, you're just going to keep going towards things that you love anyways. So it's, it'll find its way to work out. And I, it's something that I have to remind myself quite often, even now, but I'm much more better about it than I used to be.
1: I love that. <laughs> okay. So where can we find you?
0: Probably best off finding me at nomadables on Instagram. So that's N O M A D A B L E S. Love to connect there. All the people that I meet from I'm meeting Clubhouse and connecting on there as well. And you can find me at my podcast, The Nomadic Executive, if travel and entrepreneurship both interest you.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the Roaming the Earth podcast, stories and adventures of people who are jet setters, nomads, and explorers. This is Drea Castro signing off. Join us again next time. Stay wild. If you're interested in hearing more stories from around the globe, don't forget to subscribe. Share it to your friends and follow me on Instagram on I'm
0: Roaming the Earth.